Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Pasta or pizza? That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. How have we not tackled this before? This feels like this should have been season one, Hal. I I feel the same way. I also think it's like a central conflict in my life. So that's fair. Maybe yeah. each of us just sort of think it all the time, and yeah. now here we are living it out. Well, thanks to this week on the Facebook group, we are no longer going to just be thinking this in our own brains and battling this out ourselves. No, because Eli Wright gave us more food topics, and the second I saw this one, I thought, how? How has this not happened? So you're a pizza and a pasta guy. I know this about you. Do you have a favorite yes. pasta dish? Yeah, I oh, I like my homemade meat sauce, which is a cheat. I want to learn to make it from scratch. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. What I do, I feel like I've talked about this before. If not, I will say it and I will stand proud in what I do. Right. I take the ragu meat flavored sauce. Mm-hmm. Then separate from that, I saute onions and like a pound of bison. Season that with salt, pepper, garlic powder. Not where I thought this was going. That goes in the sauce. Then the sauce simmers for generally like three to four hours. So everything gets to know, you know, all the flavors get to know each other. So the bison gets to know the meat flavor, whatever animal that might be. Yes. And I don't mean – Jennifer doesn't listen to this. I'm not picking on her, but she always likes her sauce on the side of – like she likes to put the pasta and the sauce on the side of the pasta and then she does some weird thing. I desperately want to do what feels like the Italian thing, which is you finish off the pasta in the sauce. Yeah, you add add the pasta to the pan that you're making the sauce in and you toss the pasta in that pan. So it sucks it all up. Yeah. 100%. That I don't do. I put it on top of mine and mix it all together, but it's always the type of pasta. Like I like a bow tie, a rigatoni, something that will hold it fusilli, like something that will hold more sauce in it. So that's sort of my go-to there. What about you? What's your go-to pasta dish? My go-to pasta dish is also a homemade one, and it is my dad's gravy. I say this to a Philadelphian, and you know what I mean when I say gravy. I do. It's my dad's version of uh, red meat sauce, and it's great, and I love it, and I have it at least annually. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things in the world, and he, uh, yeah, he's been perfecting it for 60 years, so it's one of those great, and, and that's the thing about pasta, too, and pizza as well, but I think for pasta, for me, it's a homemade thing more often than, I make pasta with a sauce more often than I order pasta with a sauce. Right. I order a pizza more often than I make a pizza. But I'll say this. There is a version of a pasta dish that looks great, but is the fool's gold of pasta dishes. And you that tell. is that, I guess, what a cartoon tells us a plate of pasta looks like, which is you put the spaghetti on the big platter, and mm-hmm. then you pour the red sauce into a into a big pool on top of it, and then yep. you put the cheese on top of that. Look, it's visually beautiful that way, but that is the least efficient way of plating a pasta. I agree. Then you get it. Don't put this. Mix the pasta with the sauce, people. Come on. What are you, <laughs> you doing? Want- Putting the pasta in the bowl and then pouring the sauce over the t- Yes, it looks great on the table. You know what else looks great on the table? A whole turkey. But that doesn't make it easy to manipulate. Slice that turkey up. Mix that pasta and the sauce and you will thank me. You know, Mark, I don't, you don't know what you're talking me. about. I didn't come up with that idea. I don't know what you're talking about, Mark, because I, like a cartoon character, you know about a cartoons, I take yeah. the whole turkey, put it in my mouth, and then pull the skeleton out. And that's oh. how that's my Thanksgiving. Sure. I do like your Thanksgiving. And usually when I eat pasta, I want to make sure there's no sauce on the particular strand of pasta that I have yes. for my dining partner who is sitting next to me when we invariably each bite the end of the same noodle. And then we're, you know, and also that's that goes to that cartoon thing. That plate of pasta in front of them, if I remember correctly, that sauce isn't mixed in. Mm-mm. That is pale spaghetti with sauce on top and a couple of stereotypes playing accordions at them. And one meatball? A couple of and, meatballs. And a couple of nose-nudged meatballs. Sure. Yeah. That's right. They nose the meatball around. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, by the way, that sounds like a euphemism for going on a date. Hey, you want to nose nudge a meatball around for an hour? <laughs> My dates are very short. Because you say that to them? Because I say that to them. Yeah. It usually ends right after that sentence with no thank you. Oh, really? I, I would imagine it goes like, Hey, do you want to nose nudge a meatball? Hello? 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 Hello. Huh. She's, I think she's doing like an impression of a dial tone. Wow, that's an impressive impression, especially because I haven't heard a dial tone in a cell phone in a very long time. The idea it's that weird. she's going, like, look, I, I know you're faking that. This is a cell phone. <laughs> the call just ends. Do you think the jitterbug phone, you know, that phone for old people where it's like the buttons are like the size of plates and oh, yeah. it only calls like 911 and your kids and, <laughs> and yeah. you can't send text messages or connect to the internet or anything. Sure. I, think there are I love the jitterbug. Do. Yeah. do you think that when you pick it up, that there's a button you press that makes the dial tone noise for you? So as you're dialing, like you feel, and as you press the numbers, it goes like, <laughs> here's the thing. Yes. But I bet it's not a thing that's an option. It's just there. It just yeah. has it. You don't have to push a button for it to do it. If you pick it up, it's got some smart technology in it that's like, okay, they picked up the phone. Jeff, do the dial sound. Five minutes later. Five minutes after that. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that the phone voice sounded exactly like my eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Turbyville, which is so weird to me. Her voice no. was the voice of you, me doing something wrong on a telephone. <laughs> was she strict? Was that a teacher you didn't like? No, I loved Mr. Tur- I loved all my teachers except for one. All through grade school and high school, thought they were all great, but Miss Turbyville was particularly awesome. Yeah, the one teacher you didn't like was was uh, Ted Kaczynski, right? Yeah, that's true. He was the one teacher I did not like. Most of the classes we had in the school, I don't know why we had to drive so far to take his class. Honestly, well, it made me late for fifth period. How often do children beg to have class outside? That's true. That's and you get the teacher who requires you to have class outside because you won't all fit in that cabin. Exactly. No, we got to all sit outside for that class. It did what make me nervous when he mailed us our grades. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but enough about the Unabomber. Let's talk <laughs> pasta and pizza. <laughs> Who had that on their bingo card for this episode? <laughs> I think there's a few different criteria we can look at for this. And I think because when we have a binary choice like this, I think it's important to try and make all things be equal, right? Try and make okay. us, try, try and not all things be equal, but to try and figure out exactly what chart we're looking at for this. Right. So what kind of things do you think are going to come into play as criteria for this particular episode? I think it's a few things. I think it could be variety. Mm-hmm. Then there's also the speed. If you, if you desire the dish, what is the speed with which you can get it? Mm-hmm. And that involves either making it or ordering it to be made in a restaurant. And that's going to swing yeah. wildly as we'll get into sure. depending on what region ease. of the country you're from. I'm going to add ease to that ease slash ease. speed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, variety, ease and cost. Yeah. Cost, cost is a good one. Thing. I don't want to say cultural significance because I think that's getting into like, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here well, to talk about the food. I do. I think though that legacy is important. We right. Talk but about how, legacy a lot. how, how often do you choose your breakfast, lunch or dinner based on the legacy of the food item? You don't know me. I do. That's true. You do. <laughs> not all that often. Not all that often. So we're trying that. I think we're reaching only for when I'm, only when I'm doing Max Miller's, uh, historical dishes. Shout out sure. to Max Miller. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he does recipes from like, Hey, I found this dish from the 1300s. Here's the recipe. Yeah. Have you most seen of the it guy? Is, most of it is not stuff you could get easily. I don't know where to buy four and 20 blackbirds, <laughs> but there, I do know where to get Pillsbury pre-made pie crust. Sure. Uh, yeah. Of the frozen aisle or the aisle with the cookies and biscuits. There is a, another account on TikTok that mm-hmm. is, I think, like the 18th century cook who just cooks out of colonial cookbooks. And it's always got like the fife and drum music playing and, oh, and uses I'm like a collection of twigs tied together as a whisk because that's what a whisk would have been at that point. So they only cook 
with implements and ingredients that they would have had access to at the time. Then they like pack them up in a napkin and it goes in the sack to keep it warm. So I think this person is at uh, reenactments. Yeah. Wherever they go. I respect that. I respect that they're not just using the recipe and the ingredients with modern implements, thereby giving us the best possible version of this dish. No, no. He's giving us the most common version of this dish, which probably has some whisk twigs in it. Exactly. Yeah. Look, as my uh, great aunt used to say when I was a kid, you got to eat a bushel of dirt before you die. She would say that when she picked something up off the floor, blew it off and put it back on my plate. And when she was forcing spoonfuls of soil into your mouth. That's true. That's true. Well, that was more just to quiet me. I was a loud, loud child. I couldn't imagine. So, I mean, we have to put taste on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would throw another one on there that is the social value. I think there's something they, and they both have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me, it's more that pasta's social value is in the home and it's something that gets done with it within a family unit more often for me. Uh, and pizza is something that is more often a party food with friends out or, you know, either in the world or ordered in for a house party or something. So I'll throw the social element because what is eating if not a social act, right? True. Have you ever homemade pizza? I have a lot. I love making homemade pizza. You have a pizza stone? I have a pizza stone. You got to get the good double O flour. That's the high gluten flour. If you have an Italian market, go there and get it. If you don't order it online, you can get double O flour and it's great. So you make your dough from scratch. I make my dough from scratch. Yeah. You don't go to Trader Joe's and buy a a sack of of wet Play-Doh. I have. And that dough is actually not bad, especially that herb when they have that herb one, too. That's real good. You tried that? I haven't done that. No, it's good. Yeah. But I but yeah, the 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 traditional one. Get the pizza sauce. Oh, here's the thing I found out today Mm. in reading about pizza and pasta online, which is one of my favorite things about doing this show is I get to spend an afternoon doing a deep dive into whatever it is we're talking about. Do you know the difference between pizza sauce and pasta sauce? Um this is very, pasta. this is, this is not in all mm. cases, but this has a basic, you know, difference between the two of them. Is this an ingredient answer or is no. this a process answer? This is a process answer. I would assume that pizza sauce is cooked for less time. You are, or almost, not at all. You are exactly right. The tomatoes, up. the tomatoes the- in pizza sauce are, mm. those tomatoes are cooked by the baking of the pizza. Yeah. Which does not stop me from making all of my homemade pizzas with, uh, by first starting to make a homemade pizza by making a sauce. So none of mine are authentic. Dude, I've started doing a really like weird low carb version of pizza that I enjoy that is the world's fastest. And this is going to sound like sacrilege to my Italian people. (laughs) I can't wait. Low carb tortilla, spoonful of marinara, a little bit of shredded cheese into the toaster oven. 10 minutes. Done. I have a little tiny pizza. I have a super, super thin crispy crust. Don't put it on the pan. Just put it right on the rack. Use both sides to heat it and you get like a perfect thin crispy little. I'm not going to call it a pizza. I'm going to call it a flat Italia Tia. <laughs> Something wrong with that. Listen, I have the majority of my pizzas that are not ordered in the store. Mm-hmm. You know, we got into pizza for a little while. You're making it at home the dough. Jennifer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we make it. It would like be half vegan for her, and then the other half would be not vegan, but like lactose free option sure. on the other side. So like goat cheese or like feta, and then I would have mozzarella, and then do no lactose in goat cheese or feta. No, well, in harder, if you have lactose intolerance, some of the harder cheeses you can have, like you can eat cheddar, you can eat, I believe you can eat parmesan. Yeah, but mozzarella is a soft cheese, so you can't can't do it with that. Aren't we Nobody, all, Hal? Nobody's isn't, eating much. Isn't our show entirely soft cheese? <laughs> it's pretty much our category. We're the number. Hey, by the way, congratulations. Thank you to everybody in the audience. You got us to number one in the soft cheese category on Spotify. We're That's really right. Thrilled. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Oh, somebody needed to take Kenny Loggins down a peg. We did it. We did we it, did you it. guys. All right, so should we do, and now that we have a list of criteria, variety, mm-hmm. ease, slash speed, cost, taste, and the social element, mm-hmm. should we dive right in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about varieties 
I feel like domestically we have different varieties of pizza. I mean, this one obviously I think goes to, for variety's sake, goes to pasta. But are you, here's my question. Are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about crust, sauce, cheese combo. And it's, I would, I would argue it is city based. New York pizza, Chicago pizza. I, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with Matt Wazowski the other night about this. Yes. And he got so mad. (laughs) He got so mad that all of these different cities are now claiming their version of a pizza. He's like, Detroit pizza is not a thing. There are two different kinds of city-based pizza. I disagree with that, though I do think the number of cities is finite. So I will ask you, how many city pizzas do you personally recognize? I would say three. I would say Detroit is one because they do the square pizza, which at least makes it different. Yeah. And And then Chicago deep dish. Yeah. Chicago deep dish and what I call East Coast because you can get it in New York, New Jersey or Philadelphia. It's like all like the whole tri-state area. But it is a New York style pizza. You know, everybody else who's not from Philly calls it New York pizza, right? Of course. No, it is New York style pizza. I I said I called it East Coast style pizza because it's very like in that area. You're not going to get – the other pizzas there, unless it's like a Chicago person has come and set up a, a shop for all the Chicago expats who are living in Manhattan. Yeah. I would argue that New Haven has a claim to it because they claim to be the first pizzeria in the United States. So mm-hmm. technically it's New Haven style, but it's New York style pizza. Lombardi's, right. you know, you've got all of these great pizzerias. And then, of course, you have the uh, Midwest style pizza, both Domino's and Pizza Hut started by Irishmen in the Midwest in the mid 20th right. century. Uh, there's, of course, would you call Cal, would you say that what Wolfgang Puck did is California style or LA style pizza? See, I think that's just uh, uh, taking pizza dough and putting different stuff on it. And, and that to me is yeah. not, I think pizza is way more flexible and has way more variety than people give it credit for. And I will point to one person who we both know well, mm-hmm. who's not the only person who does this, but just the yeah. immediate example that comes to mind. Hector which Boyardi. Is thrilling, Hector Boyardi, everybody's favorite chef. It's uh, thrilling, uh, thrilling Adventure Hour director, Aaron Ginsberg, who, yeah. who started by making like different pizzas, just slightly different things. Now he's sharing pictures of dishes that I know he identifies as pizza, but I've never seen like like a marble rye, like it looks like a marble rye crust. Yeah. And then the sauce is something different. The vegetables are something different. So you can really, you can use cauliflower. Like you have a lot more options than you think you do. I think the pasta aisle not gives the illusion, but gives the image of more options because there's so many different shapes to choose from. But ultimately mm-hmm. – they're all different sizes and shapes of the same thing, unless they're stuffed and boiled or they're but fried. I wouldn't say that the size and the shape being different is – I wouldn't say it's just the size and the shape that's different. I think that makes a mm-hmm. marked difference. There are mm-hmm. sauces that you wouldn't use on certain uh, kinds of pasta, like you mentioned before. For sure. Uh, would you say like bow tie and what was the other one? Uh, I like bow tie. I like shells. I like fasilli. I like uh, rigatoni, ziti, penne. Yeah. All the the, the shorter short, – uh, cortos, all the shorter uh, pastas. Yeah. As opposed to the big long strands. By the way, another thing I, I like found tagliatelle. out. Oh, that, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. A fresh tagliatelle. Oh, with a bolognese sauce. Yes. I mean, correct. But as an Italian who prides himself on, uh, enjoying and learning about and eating and making different pastas, I think that the variety of different pastas and the possibilities. Nope. The possibilities, Hal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for correcting yourself. You know what? You're welcome to me. I think they're way wider. I mean, pasta's been around in Italy for at least a thousand years because they were making it in Sicily well before Marco Polo even came back from China mm-hmm. with his, you know, to been talking about noodles from China. They were making pasta in Sicily a thousand years ago. And over the course of time, it has changed. It did, pasta didn't even get tomatoes until the 19th century in the 1840s where spaghetti with marinara sauce on it was invented it's so varied it's so drastically different i'm just talking about italian pasta do we let me ask you this Hmm. is this argument between pizza and italian pasta or are we going to include pad thai and udon and all of the pastas that come from asia i think we're keeping it uh i think we're keeping it inside the boot yeah because i because i think that that's generally like you go to 
if you go to a pizza parlor, you have the option of getting pasta oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to a pasta place, sometimes they'll have pizza. But th- but generally, I think there are a lot of Italian family restaurants that are yeah. not Olive Garden, do, not counting that, not even a little bit, where you have either option. So sometimes everybody wants a pizza. Sometimes everybody wants pasta. Sometimes there's a split there. So I think that's where it becomes – that's one place where it's a decision. It could be a decision of where to order out from or where to go to eat. Like, let's go to a pasta place. Let's go to a pizza place. Or it could be, what am I going to make at home? I have spaghetti I can make real fast. I can, I have pizza dough I can throw together, or I have a frozen pizza that I can make. But I also think that, that pizza, we're very used to what it is. It's dough, usually red sauce, cheese on top, and then the toppings are what make it different. Generally, I would say generally for most people in the United States. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. this, in Rome, they'll call anything a pizza, man. They call ev- mm-hmm. everything is a pizza. Like, I got, did I, t- I know I've told you this story. I've probably told this story on the show before. Uh, forgive me, people of the world, if you've heard this a thousand times. But one of the oddest moments I had in Rome was uh, when I was in quarantine and my PA said, the producer's sending you a pizza. I'm bringing it over. He's like, that's very sweet. And he brings over a pizza. And this pizza was just the dough, the bread, mm-hmm. and mortadella on top added after it came out of the oven. <laughs> so what I had in front of me was clearly an open faced ham sandwich. He's like, but you have, you- this is the best pizza in Rome. And I thought you're telling me the best pizza in Rome is an open faced ham sandwich. And you know what? It was one of the best pizzas I ever <laughs> ate. I bet it was. It was Did you so miss good. the sauce at all? No, I didn't, I didn't know. It was a, why would I have sauce on an open faced ham sandwich? I mean, why wouldn't you? Sure. You know what? Now I'm going to put, look, that's like that lobster dish they make in New York. Lobster Sinatra. You ever seen this? No. What is oh, that? Oh, man. Wait, I wish I, I remember. I feel what. like I've heard about it. Lobster what? Sinatra. I think it's at Patsy's has it. Like one of those old yeah. school, like they got a button on the wall for you to call the waiter because you don't want him to hear about what you're talking about. But Sinatra came in and ordered this thing, and they were like, okay. And then every time he came in, he ordered it, and they put it on the menu, and here's how you make it. Hey, here's what I want you to do, all right? I want you to get a better pasta. I want you to get a full lobster. I want mm-hmm. you to boil that lobster, then crack it in half and just pour marinara all over it. Bring it to me. You got it, Frank. On the way. All right. Also, I need you to whack this guy. All right, we'll take him out back, Frank. Oh, no, 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 not that guy. That, not that guy. No, no, he's with me. He's with me. No, the guy on the picture in this envelope. Okay, I'm going to go rip this picture in half for you, Frank. All right. No, 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 don't kill the picture. You know what? Just bring me the lobster. You got it, Frank. Coming right up. <laughs> you know what else is coming right up? The rest of this conversation after this break, Mr. Sinatra. We'll All be right, right back. it better be. I want that lobster dead in minutes. Put Mamera on that picture. Wait, no, I got that backwards. <laughs> so dumb. I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. <laughs> Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. <laughs> Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots every other week on maximum fun the following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall making their way to the ring from the tights and fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio the hair to beware danielle radford it really is great here. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Cow. The Queen is dead. Long live the Queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. All right. So we've talked variety a little bit. I think that while – tell me if you would agree with this. While there are many different ways to make a pizza, there are many different toppings for a pizza, I think that generally speaking, a pasta dish 
has more variety in the sauces, more variety in the toppings, more variety in the shapes, more variety in the methods of serving it. I think we have to give this one to pasta. I think in the traditional sense, you're right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to ease and speed. And this is an odd one for me. I'm curious Mm. about this because I feel like homemade pasta easier, ordered pizza easier. What do you think? I think pizza is a lot, unless you're making the, if you're making the dough from scratch, then you're making the pasta from scratch as well. In which case they, oh, you know, if we're we're doing all things being equal. Yeah. But if you have pre-made pasta and you have pre-made, uh, pre-made pasta by that, you mean dried and you have to boil it. Yeah. 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 Like you get a box of, you're not whipping an egg yolk in a bowl of semolina. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You're not making it. You've got a pasta, whether you get a little package of fresh made from, from the Italian deli or whatever Mm. it is. You, you got your pasta ready to go. You salt, you boil, you salt the water, boil it, throw it in for a couple minutes. You're done. Meanwhile, you're making the sauce at the same time. So you are, you are doing two things. I've found pizza. I'm su- always surprised at how easy I think, I think I didn't make pizza at home for a long time mm-hmm. because I thought I was like, this is going to be so involved. Like the it's only just thing that's forever. involved is the dough. That's it. The rest of it right. is pretty easy. It's so fast. Yeah. It's so fast. I was shocked at how fast it was. So I think I have to give the edge to pizza. The reason being, you only have to cook one thing. Yeah. You must cook two things to make pasta. Unless you are really going super easy and you're just cracking open a can of your or a jar of your favorite sauce and Even pouring then, it on. Gotta, yeah, you still have to heat it gotta up. Heat it up. Yeah. Cook two things. Yeah. I mean, do you have everything you need to make a pizza at home though readily available? If you're someone who makes pizza at home, you do. Well, that's, that's a good point, but the. So if I'm going to make either, like, <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's not a matter of, like, do I have the stuff around? Right. I mean, yes, but there's more equipment more involved. You have to have some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, surface big and flat enough that you can slide it into the oven. You have to have, you know, an oven that'll get hot enough, you know, or a pizza I mean, stone <laughs> or something. So I guess if your oven's broken, you can't. No, no, you got it because you got because the best pizzas you got to cook them so hot. You know that's why that uni oven is great. Not a sponsor, but if they want to sponsor us, happy to let them do it. If they want to send me an uni oven, it's just a flat outdoor oven with that gets to like nine hundred degrees. I know we've talked about that on the show. If I want to do that, I just stand out on my patio holding a pizza that cooks in like thirty seconds. But I will say, I think that pizza does have the edge on this Mm -hmm. for that reason. And also because of the ease, a pizza is literally a couple of clicks away now. Not that a pasta isn't as well, but a pizza just feels like, and if you live in New York or if you've been to New York, one of the easiest things to do in New York is to get a slice of dollar pizza. You literally just hold a dollar in your hand. It is taken from you and a slice of pizza on a paper plate is put in your hand. It is the fastest. It's the easiest. It's portable. I think as far as ease and speed, portability is also a factor. And a slice Mm -hmm. of pizza, you can walk around with it in your hand. It's way tougher to walk around with pasta. You know what I mean? I agree. And even if you take uh, frozen, Mm -hmm. home frozen, let's not even – we're not even leaving the house. It's that we have frozen uh, pasta meal and we have a frozen pizza. I've never – Never had a frozen pre-prepared pasta that can hold a candle to a frozen pizza. Yeah. And frozen pizzas are not great. Like there is a marked difference even between that and the like Pizza Hut slash Domino's slash Papa John's. None of which are pizzas that I particularly – like those are in a pinch or I'm in college and I don't know where pizzerias are nearby. Yeah, I know I'm going to get the same pizza wherever I go, so we'll just get that. But it's a level below that and it's still better than – than frozen pasta. So, so that just to throw another uh, piece of preparation. I don't know. I think, yes, generally speaking, I would agree with that. But I think uh-huh. the worst frozen pizza is still mm-hmm. worse than the best frozen pasta. Sure. You'd have to dig pretty deep though. I don't know, man. Most I frozen like those, pizzas are kind of the same. Not those. You know what? Now I'm just going to throw shade. Those tombstone pizzas are cardboard garbage. <laughs> tombstone pizzas are cardboard garbage. So are Red Baron. So are any of the other ones where you got to take the cardboard off the bottom and the, yeah, I'm not a fan of like the shrink wrapped garbage pizza. Now Did you just say garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. Garbage. So does garbage. No, but like, you know, there are some higher quality frozen pizzas that you can get. 
But mm-hmm. I, I look, no, I, I, and I think there's higher, there's good quality frozen pasta. There's the Stouffer's pasta. Sure. That's one thing. The big frozen lasagna that you have as a kid. I'm thinking about the, again, I go back to the Trader Joe's with their frozen pastas. And I think it's brilliant the way they do it with the ice cubes that the sauce is, it's like little mm. ice cubes of the sauce. So you get the pasta goes in and this, uh, these ice cubes of sauce and it all just kind of simmers in the pan. You're not getting it al dente correctly, but God about. Trader Joe's. Right. Trader Joe's pastas are legit. You know what I have in my freezer right now? I have a bag of penne arribiata. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, and those, and it's little ice cubes. Mm, I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah. That's, and they, they have, they make pretty good chicken, chicken fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah. They also make good pizzas. But Hal, do me a favor. Yeah. The pizzas are also good. As an Italian, I ask you, please don't go get those, uh, those, Tony's and Red Baron and Tombstone. <laughs> I've had Tony's in my house. And then what's Those the other one? Those are for 11-year-olds, Hal. Who makes the little tiny ones? It's bagel like Celeste. Bites. And those Celeste. are awesome. Your bagel bites are good. When pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. That's right. Uh, Celeste makes the little like 12-inch pizzas that are like for one, as if one person would not make a full-size pizza and then, and then eat it because the center's too hot. Eat it like <laughs> – not even cut it into pieces because you start and you're like, mm. this butter knife's not going to work. I don't have a pizza cutter. Like, yeah. I didn't get one. So, now I'm going to eat it. Like, just eat it from the edge. Like, eat around one edge and then try to make my way to the middle without burning the roof of my mouth, which I will anyway. And then the whole pizza will be gone. That is that time. is Neapolitan style. Fork and knife or the whole thing. You yeah. don't, It's not cut into the wedges that we're used to. You mentioned something about, like, eating a whole pizza. Mm-hmm. And there's one factor we didn't talk about, but I would like to talk about because there's some actual numbers in this one. And I'm curious, though, mm. because there's so much variety in it. And that's the health factor. Uh, which of these is healthier for you? Mm. A 12 – and it's it comes to like – if you sit – like I'm, I try my hardest to not eat a whole pizza when I get a whole pizza because that's 2,000 calories in a whole pizza. Yes. Average slice of pizza is – starts at 400 and goes up from there depending on what toppings you put on it. So if I sit down and eat a pizza, I'm looking at 2,000 calories plus. Mm -hmm. That said, pasta can also be terrible for you. Not terrible for you. I'm not saying this is terrible for you. There is a lot of value and there's protein and carbohydrates and vitamins. There's way more vitamins in pizza than there are in pasta. But mm-hmm. uh, a plate of pasta with a simple marinara sauce is going to run you a third of the calories of a whole pizza. Do you know how many calories you eat on average in a day? I know exactly how many calories I eat in a day because I Ooh. log everything I eat. How, so do I. I'm curious what your average is. I'm going to tell you what my average is. Okay. This is very... Are you looking it up in an app or do you just know it? I know it. I've been logging everything I eat every day and trying to keep it around the same Okay. Amount. All right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and tell me. I'm at, I try to keep it between 1850 and 2200 in a day. Yeah. My last seven, my last seven days are 1790. Week before that was 1703. Week before that was 1659. 1327 the week before that. 1327. That was your average. My doctor's like, eventually we're going to get down to like around 1200 a day. And because I'm, oh, I'm in the okay. mode of trying to lose weight. Like, oh, gotcha. Because of all the health stuff I have. Sure. And I've lost over 50 pounds and it's Mazel tov. you know, and, and he's even been like, we're not even going to put a restriction. We just want to, I just want to measure. So yeah. you're going to log all your calories. I'm going to take a look at it when you come in. I see him once a month and we'll just look at the number. And the app was like 2,600 calories a day. Mm-hmm. But I get into, I immediately shifted into the same mental place I got when I did Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Like back in 2005, if you remember yeah. when I was drinking that giant jug of water all the time, which is whatever whatever number of points I got, I always tried to stay at least like five points under. So for this, I was like, I'm not going to eat that many and I'm just going to eat enough to get to, you know, sort of get through the day. Plus all the medication I'm taking, they're all appetite suppressants. So that helps. And it's been inching up a little bit, but I also am super conscious of it. Like I don't want to eat too many. I budget when I – if I'm going somewhere – Eating at home, like I, I try to space it out properly. And at a certain point, if, when I'm being smart, I call it, and that allows me. Even if I have some days where I'm over, I have other days where I'm under. And when I first went in, he was like a seventeen hundred. He said that's really good. Like he didn't expect that. Yeah. And then so it's it vacillates, but I continue to lose weight, and that's all I care about. 
Mm-hmm. So I should point out as well, it, that is, if that is a thing that you are wanting to do or if a thing that sure. you are sure, focused sure, sure. on, people, all people are all focused sure, sure, on sure, different sure. things and, uh, not saying that losing weight is the right thing for everybody. We are not, we are not experts on this by any mm-hmm. stretch. This is just our no. personal experiences with this. I would say your ability to portion control is better with pasta yeah. because you could say, I'm just going to have a little of it. The rest of it I'll put in the fridge and, and eat it later as opposed to like, I'm never going to eat. And I know some people do. I just don't have the ability to eat like half a sl- – I'm going to tear this slice of pizza in half. It's like Solomon and the baby. I'm like, no, don't. You can have the piece of pizza. It's your piece of pizza. Then they know it's mine and then I eat it, the whole Al, thing. I have some pasta in the fridge that I made. It was mm-hmm. great. It was some uh, penne with pesto and cherry tomatoes and it was wonderful. And I have leftovers of that and some about a dinner portions left. Uh, mm-hmm. in the fridge in Tupperware. There has never been a pizza that arrived at this apartment that made it to morning. Not a single pizza has made it to the morning. We have because put- I will do what you said. I'll be like, I'm going to have some of this and then I'm going to put it away. And yeah. 45 minutes later, I'm going to go, I still smell that pizza, man. That pizza smells so good. I'll put pizza. If you know, if we get a, I, we haven't had a pizza in a, in a long time, but if we got one, Invariably, some of it will end up in the fridge, but will very rarely get reheated. Mm -hmm. So it becomes not only is it harder to portion control, but it can be a waste of money if you don't eat it right away. Now, some people are are very good about eating leftovers. I'm not going to assume that my experience is everybody's experience, but that is something I found is with pasta, the leftovers are intentional because I don't make like a serving according to the box. I make the whole box. It goes, it gets mixed with the sauce when it goes into the fridge. And then I can portion it out and I know over the next three days that the two of us will eat it. Yeah. How much of your Tupperware is red stained? Do you um, just have that one? Is none. it just the one that you use that does that? None because we use the glass snapware. Ah, nice. But the mixing bowls, because I eat out of mixing bowls, are colored mixing bowls. The smaller one, I just love eating stuff out of it. Even I used to fill it up, which is not good. But now like – even if I'm just having a cup of cereal and a half a cup of milk, I put it in there because I enjoy eating out of that bowl. I don't know why. Does I it, couldn't. Does it not make you why. feel like you're eating way less if you're eating out of a giant, if you're eating a little bit out of a giant bowl? In a way, it makes me feel like I'm eating more. Oh, yeah. I need a mixing bowl to hold this. <laughs> the best bowl of cereal I ever had out of a mixing bowl was a full sleeve of Oreos and a big splash of milk. Beautiful. Yeah. It was, and a wooden spoon. Yeah. Mm. The best I ever had was uh, half of a box of marshmallow fruity pebbles. Oh my gosh, half a yeah. box. Were you an adult or a kid? Uh, this was 2020. Perfect. So you were still a kid. Look, uh-huh. regardless of that, you're always a kid. Hal, you know this. Thank you. So I'm going to go. Uh, pasta takes the angle on that one for mm-hmm. uh, health, even though I mean, for just specifically for the calorie count and how e- how much easier it is to portion that out. Let's talk about. Well, this is such a subjective one in our objective list. Uh, mm. Let's talk about taste. You know what I was thinking while yeah. we were talking about this? And I love talking about food. Yeah. Not as much, apparently, as I enjoy bringing Ted Kaczynski into, into conversations. Well, but that guy, not a lot of people know this. Pure pizzaiolo, that guy. <laughs> he loved, yeah. loved he yeah. created That little cabin was so hot in there because he always had a pizza oven going. <laughs> So I was sitting here thinking while we were talking, I was like, I, I get a, a craving for pasta like maybe once a month. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to make pasta. I feel like I think about pizza all the time. My pizza craving is daily. It's all the time. And I, and I don't get it now because now I look at, you know, now because of what I'm doing, I look at it and go, oh, this is not worth it. But yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that makes it a winner because I, I, both of us, like we think about it all the time. I think the pizza craving is more consistent yeah. as great as pasta is. Sure. Look, I'm an Italian. I love pasta. The Italian part of me longs for a beautifully crafted sauce made by an, either the expert hand of a real Italian chef or the expert hand of a real Italian grandmother. Mm-hmm. I want that there's and that there's that magic in it. 
homemade pasta and just the tactile sensation of that and making the sofrito and crafting your sauce on top of that and all the mm-hmm. little herbaceous things that you can do and and all of the the wonderful Italian pieces of produce to throw in there and it's fresh and it's wonderful and it's a communal delightful feast for the senses but I don't live in Italy I live in the United States and more often than not I just want a big slice of New York pizza as I drink a cold beer or an ice cold Diet Coke and Mm -hmm. watch anything at all on television. Just give me that sweet, sweet American pizza. I love it. It, Taste-wise, I ah, I feel like a bad Italian saying this. I feel like a bad food fan and a bad Italian for being like, yeah, all that fancy, organic, delicious, you know, eat with the season magic of a great Italian pasta meal. Mm-hmm. is not, in my heart, going to defeat a perfectly crafted New York pizza. I agree with you, and I love pa- I love the different varieties of pasta. I like pasta with like a little bit of oil, seasoning, and fresh vegetables. That's a great version of it. I obviously love it with a meat sauce. That's my favorite. At like bar none, I like it way better than sauce and meatballs. Like it's not even cl- like meat. I don't think I've ever had a, had a meatball that I've gone like, oh, that was really good. I'm glad I ordered that. Oh, I'm, usually all, like, I'm all meatballs. I love meatballs. You like it. It's too, for me, it's too, like it, it dominates the dish too much. And I, to me, the perfect plate of pasta is everything working together mm-hmm. so that the composed bite just it, there, it's all, everything has gotten to know everything and they're all working together. Oh, yeah. The meatball is like, the theater student who walks into the room and is like, look at me. I'm here. I'm the star. Shut up, Meatball. They haven't posted the casting yet. You're not the star till teacher puts cast list on the wall. I got to see it before any of you. You did not. You shut up. You did not. You didn't see the cast list. Who'd I get? Who'd I get? Alternate chorus. Alternate chorus? Yes. I didn't even know that we were doing grunge. (laughs) Put on your plaid. Get ready to sang. But the craving for pizza... Partially is because I love the flavor of it. And if you're in Los Angeles, there are only two pizza places I will ever recommend to you. Mm-hmm. One is Vito's, mm-hmm. which was the pizza that we had backstage. It's the only adventure hour. The other is Mulberry Street Pizza, which you know, like, is you know, like, Casabianca. I don't think I've had Casabianca. Oh, it's great. I think I'll have to try yeah, it. That's the, the one, the one on Colorado in uh, Eagle Rock. It's great. Old school LA pizza. Old school I have East a, Coast pizza in LA. I, yeah, I have room, f- I have room in my heart for more, but of okay. the ones I've had, Mulberry Street, there's one near to me now, is uh, it's, I will travel, I'm outside of the delivery radius, and if I go there and bring it back, which I always do, it's not gonna be as hot as it was when I got it, because I don't have one of those cool sleeves yeah. that pizza delivery people have, and I still am so happy, I've never regretted ordering from yeah, there, I, love I just love it, it's so good. And part of the reason why I think I crave pizza are, part of it is the flavor, part of it is the memories tied to it. Yeah. Part of it is, is a good pizza, especially out here, makes me think of every time we were backstage and the smell oh, and yeah. and all of us grabbing slices. And I feel like I always grab the slice at the same time as Craig. And I don't know why. I feel like we we're over at the pizza at the same time. Yeah. But it also feels like when you have a group of people together, that's what you do. You order pizza. And furthermore, on the social yeah. side, it forces a group of people to make a decision together. You have to figure out what the toppings are. And if Mm. you can't agree, then you go, all right, let's get two because we want everyone to enjoy the pizza. I'm not going to make, you know, unlike pasta where you make the dish that you want and if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, too bad. I'm not going to make you a pesto sauce when I made a marinara. Nona is not going to go back in there and whip up a whole other thing just for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making you cacio e pepe. Yeah. When I made tortellini for dinner. But with pizza, you order, like, what does everybody like? Well, I like veg. Like, for me, I'm a plain Jane. So at least get one that's half plain. I'll be happy. I like pepperoni. I like vegetables. I like Hawaiian style. Whatever it is, you can get separate pies. You can get pies made half and half. It also reminds me of, like, every pizza party I went to as a kid. Yeah. And things that we haven't really done in a long time. Like Dragon Con, we always had pizza backstage during the big show. There would be pizza and wings from Domino's there. It wasn't the best pizza. The wings are actually pretty good. But it's the idea of like – I think pizza is tied to core memories in a way that pasta is not in terms of growing up. 
that's a little different for me because mm-hmm. growing up Italian, we pasta was for like I said before, pasta was the social dish for at home. Pasta's mm-hmm. the social dish for a potluck. It's frequently I feel like if it's homemade, then pasta wins the social element of it. If it's right. homemade with family, then pasta wins. Like one of my favorite nights on Blood and Treasure was the showrunner and I, both of Italian descent. So we got together and we made a giant Italian pasta feast for the cast. Right. Those are fewer and farther between than just really epic pizza nights. And a pizza night can be fancy. A pizza night can be the simplest. It can be, I'm studying. It can be as simple as that. It can be backstage Mm -hmm. at the 10th anniversary of Thrilling Adventure Hour and we're all in tuxedos. You know what I mean? Yep. It can be either of those things. I guess right now, though, I just have to decide like whether I like my friends or my family more as to who gets the social win. But I think it's got to go to pizza. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like when I think of pasta, I think a lot about my relationship with Jennifer. Our first ever Valentine's Day, I made us spaghetti. Like I'll never forget that. I made that spaghetti. I think that was the first time I made it. And I got dressed up in that apartment that we lived in. Yeah. Um, that old one. Like I, we got, I got dressed up in a tuxedo and had her dress up in a gown and we sat at our little octagon table and had spaghetti that I'd made. So, uh, you know, that's been a dish that we've connected through a lot over the years because she loves pasta. But pizza just feels like such a widely social yeah. thing, not just in, in memories and personal connection, but just the act of ordering it. It is made to be ordered for a group of people. Yeah. A lot more than like personal pizzas feel relatively new. Yeah. As a concept, like you order pizza and you order it for a bunch of people or two or three people. Y'all have a couple slices. Doesn't matter if it's like just it, made, still not making it till morning. It's yeah, it's not going to survive like a <laughs> like the non-version in a horror film. It's not making it out. <laughs> but I think pizza's won so many categories at this well, point. Well, you know what's funny? We, pizza pasta has won uh, the variety category, uh-huh. and yeah. it has won the health category. But for uh-huh. ease and speed, pizza cost pizza. The thing is, though, I. We didn't make a great argument necessarily for some of the simpler versions of pasta because you talked about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all of the, the the different costs of buying it outside and like the fact that you can buy a pizza for a dollar, the ease, that whole element of it. But I didn't even you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I Yes, I did mention that about pizza, but we didn't go. Did we talk about cost? Did we skip? No, that? we didn't even talk. No, about that. I don't even think it matters. Because you can get really expensive and really cheap versions of both. Yes, but I do want to give a couple of – I feel like the Italian in me needs to make a couple more points about pasta before pizza wins this. Please, go ahead. Pasta, because – and this goes to the history of it. In Naples, they used to call people from Naples uh, macaroni eaters. and sure. uh, But back then, it was – macaroni was the word they used for all pasta. Any pasta, whatever it was, it was macaroni. Mm-hmm. But they called them the macaroni eaters because it was so poor and uh, meat was so scarce that dried pasta was the staple that everyone had. And you could always just boil a little bit of dried pasta. Everybody had it. It was it cost pennies. And it is a Mm -hmm. great equalizer as far as just simply feeding the world. So I have to give a little bit of props to pasta for its economic ubiquity in that regard. Sure. The only other thing I have to say about pasta before I feel like right now pizza is clearly winning this battle. Yes. But mm. there is if this was a war between pizza and pasta and then they did that mm-hmm. whole run at each other. This is a straight up food fight. They did that run at each other from across the battlefield through the smoke and haze. When all is said and done, you look out on this vast red soaked field marinara. And there's only one survivor left still duking it out on the Italian side. Mm. And that survivor is, oh, is one pasta that he's really holding on to my personal, my personal decision in this, which I wanted to be pizza. But that little ravioli, that one little ravioli, the perfect pasta. Filled with whatever you could imagine inside that beautiful little pillowy, pillowy bite of perfection is going. And Mark, don't forget about me. I'm here. You've not mentioned the ravioli once. Look at my little ravioli family behind me. 
I got a butternut squash. I got a meat. I got a spinach. I got a ricotta. All of these are little raviolis. You're just going to push them aside. And I did not want to sign the Appomattox Courthouse Treaty of this particular battle without at least giving a big hug to my friend, the raviolo. So do you feel satisfied with that? Are you ready to put ink to paper? Because I was about to go, Indiana, let it go. We named the dog Indiana. (laughs) People of the world, enjoy pasta and pizza. They're so beautiful. May your life be filled with both. Amen. In this episode, we were asked to decide between pizza and pasta. And we put them through the ringer. Oh, yeah. As only we can. And the winner is pizza. So celebrate with a pizza party tonight with all your friends. Yeah. And you know what? You know what got me? It was Um, saying that pizza forces a group to make a decision. I love that. There you get, there it is. It forces a group. We all must, we, it's the, the hardest thing to agree on, but if we can order a pizza together, we can do anything. I love that. Pizza wins asked and answered. Thank you, Eli Wright. For another banger of a suggestion. Yeah. Banger always, after banger after bangers. banger. Bangers. Thank you, Eli. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Share your pasta and pizza loves. That's facebook.com slash group slash wegotthispodcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume whom you can support at patreon.com slash Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to talk about something we are clearly passionate about. And let's all have one big pizza party. And I'm sure with the low level of opinions that all of the people of the world in the Facebook group have, it would be really, really easy for us to pick our toppings. Right? We know that's oh not true. Gosh. And that's why we love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Can pizza rolls are not raviolis. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.